Hello, listener. What you're about to hear is a What Are We Do Show patron unlock. This is material which our Patreon supporters have early access to. If you'd like to experience these episodes when they're at their freshest, become a What Are We Do Show patron today at patreon.com slash W-A-R-U-I-D-E-S-H-O-U. Hello, friends. Welcome. Ladies, gentlemen, and envies, to Watery Desho's second stream on Given Episode 3, colon, The Givening. I am <laughs> the Subtle Doctor, coming to you from an undisclosed hidden location, otherwise known as my house. Oh, I thought you were going on the run to Area 51 along with all the other people. <laughs> you let me down, Doc. Uh, Come on. That... <laughs> That's for tomorrow. That's for tomorrow. Today... I am in a bedroom in my home, which is not where I usually record from. So if there's something imperceptibly different or off about this recording, do not blame hardware or editing, blame recording location. Uh, If it's significantly better, let me know and we can try to figure this out. Anyways, Subtle Doctor, as I said, here with... My uh, partner in musical crime, uh, former punk band uh, bassist, and all-around savant of all things 70s and 80s British rock, it is Dougie Free. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Doug isn't here. You're actually, unfortunately, stuck with me, Shadon, so that's why you're not going to have any of those things, I'm afraid, that you just mentioned. Sorry. (laughs) Whoops, Doug! I Doug, that's your voice. I recognize you. He, he's very good at imitating my voice, but yeah, Doug, <laughs> Doug is like my evil, twisted clone. He's basically liquid shading. <laughs> no, Shadon. Uh, always a pleasure hmm. to get together and talk animu Indeed. with uh, with yourself. So yeah, second stream. This is given uh, the anime. That is about soft boys being awesome and playing music. This is called, uh, well, this is episode three, um, Somebody Else, I think it's called. Uh, and uh, if you yeah. are, if you are joining in for the first time on episode three for some reason, um, what we are doing with Second Stream is a little different than Stream of Thought. Uh, we don't really do anything by the way of summary. We, this is meant to be a little bit trimmed down. Uh, so we're just going to hop right into discussion of this episode. Shadon, what, uh, where do you want to take us? I have, I have a lot of different notes, but I'm not exactly sure where to begin. So why don't you uh, take the reins here? With pleasure, my friend. So let's start talking about technical details, because if there's one thing I'm appreciating about Given as we go through it week on week, is again how it does little things, like with its direction, its editing. So the first thing I want to mention is, again, assuming you've uh, watched this episode and know the events of it, let's talk about Sato going to work at a bar, or rather not necessarily a bar, but a concert hall or a gig hall, whatever venue, you can call it whatever you want. Um, This is on the advice of the band members that they gave him in the previous episode. Uh, So he's had an interview and he's got it. And I won't go into too much detail here, but one time, or one of the times he'll be working there will be at the bar at the council when they're doing non-alcoholic drinks. Uh, And there is a scene uh, after the lady in question who has been showing around leaves to talk with another um, musician who's doing a gig there. Uh, Sasso then looks at the microphone that's on the stage. And we get this angle Mm. presented as if though the camera person is on the stage himself looking towards him. So, when you film live action... Uh, you have to usually put things in focus through your camera. Uh, you want it to be in focus on the thing that is important. Because that's the way cameras work, as I understand it. 
me, you know, having all the cameraman expertise of someone who can barely hold his phone upright and take a selfie with it if ever I felt so inclined. So take what I'm saying here with a somewhat strong pinch of salt. But anyway, but yeah, you, you generally want to use focus um, in live action to, to point to what your, you know, is important in your given scene. Aha, aha. Um, but in animation, that's not necessarily what happens, you know, like, a lack of focus is really just a lack of detail on people that's deliberately drawn that way because they're not important. But focus isn't really so much of an issue because you're not, you know, filming it for a camera. But this scene does make use of a kind of focus because it blurs out certain foreground, then background elements to emphasize certain things. Uh, starting with the um, blur being focused on uh, Sato, who's in the background at the bar, looking at the microphone at the ba- on the stage. And then in turn, the focus shifts and now the microphone is blurred out. And he is now in focus, if you follow my meaning. So what does this mm-hmm. have to do with fucking anything, you might wonder? What the hell am I talking about? You've probably asked that many times if you listen to this podcast. Here's the thing, Never. Here's the thing right. I think this is actually some nice visual direction to indicate Sasso's line of thinking on his approach to the whole, you know, band and music uh, thing that he's currently been asked to do. He basically puts himself in the working position at this venue and never in the side of either the audience or as a band member or a performer. And this is distinguished both by the focus, you know, making sure that they are both the microphone and he are never simultaneously in focus. It's either one or the other. It's very binary. Um, But it also brings on to emphasize the fact that he is in that group, you know, people who work there. He does not participate either in the consuming of the entertainment, be it directly because of his own choice. You know, he's not paying for his leisure, you know, to be there, you know, buying tickets or because he's performing. He's put himself in a place in this work environment solely for the function of it, for the money. He's not there for, you know, for the entertainment the band provides, or any given band provides. Aha, uh-huh, there's another one take a shot. Hey, 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 I'm going to keep doing that completely accidentally, and I'm going to just start drinking my way through this. So, yeah. but Keep and, giving it to me. Yeah, but there is a clear delineation here between his position by being there versus the position of other people who are there otherwise. Like, people who are there of their own accord because they want to watch a band, or the performers themselves. Now, of course, there is going to be some actual genuine overlap. It's not a simple, you know, free segmented pie chart here of different, you know, people in a venue who are working to make a concert happen and also people who are partaking in it and enjoying it. Like, you know, performers do work for the for a living, but I would argue hopefully you're probably doing it more because you enjoy it if you can at all do so. Um, and similarly, audience members may very well be creators in their own right, and there are people who I know personally over my various years, when I've been to gigs who, like, you know, have worked behind bars and such, who still, you know, they go to gigs themselves to watch them for their own enjoyment, and even some people who've done bar work who are performers themselves. But I think it makes clear here, like, this visual direction here, and also this delineation of groups, that Sato has refused to join um, Ueno Yama's band, and I hope I pronounced it right this time. Just shout out you out there, Mirror. Shout you out, Mirror. Mirror. Uh, well, if, if if we ever get around saying these, you can put a ding noise in, like, you know, like the Family Fortunes noise, if ever I get it right. But I think it clearly, you know, shows his line of thinking through visuals and visual direction here that he, you know, is so far away from that microphone and that because of the change in focus that he is not even in the same world as it, even though, as far as at least Yama is concerned, uh, he really should be. He should be, you know, up there rather than down there, you know, handing yeah. out cans of Pepsi or whatever the fuck they serve there. Yeah, that that's, you know what, that's super cool. Like, that's one of those scenes that kind of washed over me, and I just didn't take time to think about the implications, but that's, uh, that all is uh, really strong uh, reinforcing of what's going on in the story character-wise through some really pretty simple visual techniques, and look... I think this this is gonna be our corner, Shadon, because uh, I feel like there are people that will take a look at what Given is, right? This piece of very specific oh 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 entertainment. Oh, you mean you mean like that one person who I saw this tweet about who responded to the actual official Given English Twitter saying please don't make this show about gay men because it's political or something like that. And the response was, it's literally a boiler show. This would be like... You're kidding. This is, this is like... Did that really happen? That did happen. Oh. That did happen. This would be... Oh. 
This would be like saying that RuPaul's Drag Race shouldn't be about clothing because that would make it political. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Well, look, I mean, I guess there's no accounting for the stupidity of humans, I really, right? I really do want to smack the stupid out of some people sometimes. Like, if you can't recognize this for what it is, don't fucking watch it. Just get out. We're not here to convince you. We're not here to, you know, have you on our side. If you're going to be like that, just kindly piss off. Yeah, no, not every piece of entertainment has to be, like, for you, or even, like, put into a category where you can be like, alright, this is acceptable for me to try and see whether or not it's for me. Like, no, just just leave it alone. But, yeah, there, there are people like this and or or, you know even perhaps with more charitable outlooks um that will pass the show over or or whatever because you know think well this is just sort of like i said super niche uh and it's gonna just be about that when like there's actually some pretty cool directorial and uh cinematography stuff happening in these episodes so far Mm -hmm. and i think that's really great um the the one that jumped out at me was uh very small and might even not be what they were going for quite honestly but uh when oh boy i can't i can't remember the new characters names but when uh the blonde guy uh encounters uh mafuyu on the street when he and uenoyama are trying to talk uh his name by the way uh, is uh, hiragi thank you when uh hiragi uh you know mafuyu uh you you ghosted me (laughs) you have yuki's guitar all this and where have you you been uh, for the past six months trying to storm area 51 Maybe that's why. No maybe maybe that's maybe, maybe that's why Sasso is so spaced out because he has seen some shit. He has Aww. met the Greys. There's your head cannon, folks. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, did you ever see Fire in the Sky? No. Uh, this is why Area Fifty One talk uh, to me is slightly more sinister, just because that freaking movie. It's just. Uh, do you know what it's about? Uh... I'm going to assume it involves UFOs, given the title. That's my, like, you know, reaching uh, moment Yeah, it's sort of... uh, I saw it when I was a kid, like, and my recollection of it is that it's this sort of, like, horror movie where aliens kidnap a dude and do experiments on him. (laughs) And that's all I remember about the movie. So there's, like, a little bit of of darkness there when I think about Area 51. That's neither here nor there. Uh... Uh, yes, yeah, so when, when Mafuyu, uh, turns on his heel to run away from Hiragi, um, it does this thing where you might think they're trying to save on, on animation. There's a couple times that, that it happens in the episode where action happens off camera or something. And, but this particular scene, uh, Mafuyu turns on his heel and it kind of cuts to black for a minute and then it, it resumes the shot uh and mafia's foot has fully turned and he's facing the other way and then cuts to black again and then cuts back uh to his feet in a different spot and does this um a couple times and the thing that uh got me uh about this or or i get not got but like what's the word i'm looking for the, the the way that um that I read it, the, the way that I've kind of felt seen by it was like so I you you may or may not know, but uh I have uh anxiety disorder and so I suffer from panic attacks from time to time. And like they when a certain person in my family was much more part of my life uh, those attacks were triggered by this person on a pretty, you know, regular basis. Mm. And, like, so I could totally relate to, like, seeing a person and then having that experience 
and the fact that like you have the cutting to black and then cutting back with things in a different or slightly different or very different place like that felt like the way that I experience those attacks sometimes where Mm. it's almost like my brain is a record and it skips and that is an excellent metaphor giving this particular show i just want to throw it out there yeah sure like it skips and and when it gets back on track it's like something we have skipped forward like things are different and i don't remember like it's almost like a temporary blackout like the show right Mm. blacks and then cuts back and that that feels like emotionally what he's going through in that scene and i was like man like if that is in fact what they were going for uh that is really elegant Mm. uh in terms of depicting that experience visually well there's more to that scene actually believe it or not this is my next talking point so you've very nicely set me up so i can uh knock one down so to speak so sure, yeah you've, sure. you've already covered the, the cuts to black there but let's also consider like from the moment that um hiragi set you know says uh you know mafuyu and then like that whole scene happens we don't get mm-hmm. any full profile or any like shots of mafuyu as a whole person pretty much from that point yeah. onwards until ueniyama catches up and grabs him by the arm like we only see like you know like say a corner of his head or his feet or his legs or, you know, his arm or something like that, or his hair even. We only see a part of him like he's literally just been shattered into fragments because of what just happened with this person coming in out of nowhere who clearly has some history with him, which is tied together from what we've seen before. Uh, So there's that. But then there's also the music. Like, when this starts happening, like, my few's, like, feet, like, you know, start springing, like, upwards, like like he's about to pounce or leave, and that the music starts getting really high tempo, but very low key. So it's like a sense of rising mm. danger. It starts to trigger his flight off, sorry, his fight or flight reaction, and you feel that there with him. Plus, them him, you know, going into first person as he runs away. So there's a lot of again nice direction and editing here that helps sell that moment of okay, this is me and Ueniyama just like talking beforehand, and we get to see them both in full profile, you know just talking about the interview and all that and how it went and then boom like that it's like a grenade goes off and suddenly the whole scene from then onwards until Uenayama catches up with him is disjointed it's shattered it's broken like it feels like we've just watched Uenayama just like sorry not Uenayama I meant to say Mafuyu like just spontaneously combust just because he's seen this person like have a without you Mm -hmm. know going into elaborate like you know oh my god like we're flailing of arms like exacerbated you know movements and gestures and all that like you know like you see in other shows his mood is communicating instead through the editing and the direction and it's fan fucking tastic i love this shit yeah it it was tremendous Hmm. like that scene is really powerful for those reasons like you said really like uh just some simple uh framing uh, or cutting can can re- can do so much um can can do a lot for for an audience and you know this is a slightly tangential to given but uh it's stuff like this that like you know makes me sympathize with like this point of view i forget who uh who expressed it it's one of sort of early pioneers of film. I was reading a film book recently and um, this person was talking about how you might think film is this really passive experience, but it's actually pretty interactive because it is uh, the, the director, uh, the editor uh, playing off of brain reactions, you know, hmm. like if we do this and that with the camera subconsciously the audience will think this and based on this reaction so i guess it's sort of like um you're planning out interactivity uh for the future sort of experience with the person and and the film so yeah no this is all this is all really good and uh this 
This whole episode really did. I mean, it's probably a great understatement, but it it really um it changed how I was feeling about Mafuyu. Um, or maybe just like because I didn't dislike him or anything like that, but it it really made me uh care about him in a much stronger way mm-hmm. um and and it made me i was able to relate to him more and i know i've harped on in this podcast about how like identification with characters is not everything um you can have good characters uh great characters even uh and it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you can identify with them but but it can help and uh i felt uh, a lot of that this episode and I mean you just feel a lot of empathy for the guy hmm. um, because of I mean he's really in what appears to be a pretty complicated situation and he's totally unable to um, by himself understand himself and express his emotions and I mean, I think like the the theme of the episode is pretty like openly about like communication and sort of through music and through art, but also interpersonal. And the show makes the claim that like music as an art form sort of depends on at least in terms of a band, uh, interpersonal communication. Um, and that is hard for Mafu because his own like internal communication with himself is so problematic and fraught at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can he communicate with other people? And this is like why he doesn't want, uh, why he doesn't want to join the band. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think cause Mafu, like he says himself, like that he, people think that he doesn't seem to have like much of a, you know, brain shall we say like you know he doesn't seem to be very with it but we don't for example know what he was like prior to the whole instant with yuki uh by which i'm presuming means of course that mafu was once you know a zodiac uh person from fruits basket and he's just leaped over oh (laughs) 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 it's the multiverse it's the uh you know (laughs) it's the summer it's the anime summer 2019 multiverse he's he's seen some shit but no jokes aside Jokes aside, mm-hmm. uh, I'll note very quickly, by the way, that the opening scene of the episode is a flashback that Matthew's having to him walking through uh, an open, like, uh, crossroad or uh, crosswalk um, with his guitar. He's the only one who doesn't have an umbrella because it is snowing. Uh, what does Yuki stand for in Japanese? <clears throat> hmm. Would it be summertime fun? Guess out. <laughs> no. Leave! Be gone, you! <laughs> you stupid gaijin. Nah, no. Uh, no. Uh, all that aside, yeah, like, maybe that this is the thing, like, that it's. Maybe this is, like, what uh, we're going to get to a given, which is that Mafuyu and this Yuki person, whoever they are, like, we don't know any of the context or relationship, but it feels to me like this Yuki person is the person whose funeral that um, Sasa was shown as being in in the flashback later in the episode. Mm. And the thing about snow is that, and believe me, I can attest this given, you know, like how warm it currently is in England. Fuck you, climate change. Um, it obviously doesn't last very long, you know. It will eventually melt away unless you happen to live, you know, in the North Pole. But, well, given is definitely not set there. I know that much. Um... So is that meant to be a metaphor about the fleetingness of, you know, relationships and connections? And that's why uh, Mafuyu and, uh, is not willing to, you know, necessarily open up to join the band. Because he doesn't mm-hmm. want to commit something that could be very transient and very short-lived, potentially. Because he's already had that bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, that's uh, that's probably part of it, I, I would think. Um, and... So uh, um, we we can get back to this point later, but since you you said something a minute ago that I wanted to ask you about, how uh, did this episode make you feel about uh, the guitar he's carrying around? Um, because you know we've assumed up to this point 
that it is um, something very important to someone who used to be in his life, and this is confirmed. Uh, but it seems like uh, not everyone that used to be in his life knows that he had that, or maybe even approves that he has it. Um, so yeah, so how did, did this episode make you think anything in particular about the guitar? Well, it confirmed for me that it is his burden. He wears it on his back, after all, to the expense of all else, even though prior to meeting Ueniyama, uh, he had no interest, nor desire, nor ability to play it. He kept it with him as a memento, shall we say. A very impractical one, but a memento nonetheless, because this guitar is Yuki's, whoever that is. So, this confirmed that, but I, I think, again, to tie into the idea of communication, you know, like, if Yuki is that person who died and is, you know, seen in, you know, who is the subject to that funeral, is it then a question of, like, you know, how we turn, like, you know, our burdens and our grief into something more positive? Because, you know, you take that guitar away from my few, heaven help you, because people will murder you for it. Uh, but if you did, and you <laughs> gave it to someone who could play guitar, like, say, you only are, but they can do great things with it. But then it's a question of what he wants to do with it. Plus, plus, there's something else to note as well. The talent we've seen him exhibit so far in terms of music is his voice and his ability to sing. He, in theory, could ditch that guitar entirely and still do, you know, he could still be in a band as the lyricist, as the vocalist. Uh, again, much like, you know, noted uh, colossal prick Axel Rose. I've gained those digs in again. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to drive that steak <laughs> home. Whoa, 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 sweet child of mine. Eat shit, Axel. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah. Um... Maybe that's also another element of it that, you know, the guitar is something he ultimately needs to leave behind, both for the sake of, you know, moving on f without forgetting or, you know, discarding his memories of that person, but as you do with all kinds of grief when you process it, uh, but not just that, yeah. but also then to embrace his true talent. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting angle that I hadn't I hadn't thought about too much, but. But yeah, that um, that makes a lot of sense, and I think the way that I like, I think your your reading of it is probably I, I feel like it's that's the more probable route that this story will go. But it, I've talked about this on the podcast before when we've covered other shows. But hey, uh. This is always, you know, every podcast is always someone's first. So I'm going to talk about this again. Uh, and that is like physical objects as uh, sort of spiritually significant helps mm -hmm. for people. And, you know, uh, sort of the merging of like, I guess that's what like sacrament is in the Catholic Church, right? Is like kind of embodying something spiritual like that like kind of incarnate in a physical either ritual or uh object you know piece of bread or something like that like you have this boy mafuyu who doesn't understand does not deal really well with his own emotions expressing them uh, it seems like understanding them. Um, he feels very deeply, but he just doesn't seem like he knows how to like process that or or uh, kind of interact with other people through it. It's almost like he hasn't had anyone play the roles in front of him of angry person, grieving person, or whatever. Mm. And so he has no idea how to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, but he obviously this person yuki was very special to him and so he feels like he needs some kind of way like you know you use or memento like some kind of connection still to this person and in some way to like feel close to them still or and feel like they're not uh gone and so you have the guitar as that right like mm. even even if it's subconscious like as long as as he has that he feels uh, th there's some connection there's some 
way that he feels like I'm I'm honoring you, I'm remembering you, I'm close to you, like I haven't moved on, like you're still you're still part of my life. Mm-hmm. And and I think that like you know, despite being uh lapsed myself, this is one of the things that uh I really enjoyed about the Catholic Church as opposed to like evangelical churches that are very anti those kind of uh those sort of objects. Like I, I actually think that that's really significant um, and is huge for people trying to relate to these really huge abstract concepts like God or death or um, grief, like other people being gone. Um, all these kinds of, of really big things to just be like, well, you're on your own. It's just you and your thoughts is hard because sometimes you can't even fucking think like putting one thought Mm. in front of the other, you know, your brain may skip like a panic attack or whatever. But like, if you have this significant object that you have, like that, that helps you that you've put significance on that is sacred and somehow connected to what you're trying to connect to. Like there's just something about that that can help even again when your brain is not working and you can't will yourself to like think that stuff out. Like if you can touch that, you know, if you can see it, like I think like subconsciously that can really help a person. Mm-hmm. And so like just whenever I see that in anime, I always enjoy it and want to point it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guitar that he has there is, and it's identified as an actual real world model. Um, this is the point where I completely forget which one of the two it is, be it a Gibson or a Fender. Let's just... It is a Gibson. F- thank you. Thank you for saving me on that. Thank you very kindly. Sure. Cheers for the tagging. Uh, the point I'm going to make, though, is that by identifying it as something that we know in the real world, I can tell you that there are probably, or definitively, many, many more of that exact same model that have been manufactured and shipped everywhere, probably around the world. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, though. For all that, you know, physically, that guitar is identical to all the others that left that assembly line all those many months, years ago, however, whatever the timeline isn't given. Uh, that guitar <laughs> is still unique as it holds that kind of memory and that association, that context for Matthew. And that's why it's important. But that's why I also then wondered mm-hmm. to go back to my idea, like, you know, clearly his talent is in vocals. Is it going to come to the point where he will have to leave the guitar behind both as right. in terms of, you know, knowing that it's not where he is best suited, but also because then it means he no longer needs to have it as his burden on his back in order to honor the memories of Yuki like he could do it any other way, like maybe by actually performing and, you know, growing and blooming as a person? Possibly. Hmm. Yeah, maybe there's a way to synthesize the two, you know what I mean? Like still kind of keep the guitar at home right and and <laughs> still still use it and still look at it and think about it but like not have to carry it around everywhere and not have to rely on it well or, or use it having you know what i mean having seen several uh metal concerts in my time and rock concerts maybe the whole thing that will happen is that mafuyu you uh, like you know the band's like first big <laughs> festival gig he'll smash it on the stage like he's he's just gonna like completely trash it <laughs> like oh, at the final man. song of the night. <laughs> uh, can you see Mafia in his like beige cardigan, khaki cardigan, whatever it is, smashing guitar? <laughs> Fan artists, if you want to make that Incredible. scene happen, now's your time. You get to your iPads and your Photoshops and you make that happen. I would love to see it. Oh uh, my God. That would be great. All right, so. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about communication, by which I do not mean, of course, the, you know, Gundam Wing OP. Fuck that. <laughs> Man, you thought of that too? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Oh. I'm not going to lie when, um, oh God, I forgot his name because this, because Gundam Wing makes my head full of fuck. Uh, Hero? It, no, it's, uh, no, it's the guy in Given, one of the other, was it Akiko? It might be uh, Akiko. Uh, it was the, or it was Harui? Whatever, whoever it was. Anyway, point being, he says, like, music is all about communication. As soon as that happened, I heard the gunshot noise that plays in that OP in my head. I'm like, <laughs> I've been poisoned. I have been fucking poisoned by Gundam Wing. Fuck's sake. Oh. 
And now I'm just imagining a guitar being smashed over Wu Fei's head, and it makes me feel so much better. <laughs> That's a that is a blessed image. That's a fan art we that we ner- that we. Uh, I said nerve. I was combining deserve and need, but yes, it's a fan art that we nerve. So you're right. So music is communication. Okay, let's talk about Ueniyama because he himself is point. It's he's told that this. Uh, you know, did you ever think to ask why? that Mafuyu rejected, you know, the invitation to the band. And he just has like a, Bleh? whoa, shit, I didn't think of that. <laughs> but it's true. But here's the thing, though, is that as the show progresses, or as far as this episode progresses, like, that is an act of honesty, you know, or rather a desire for honesty when you ask someone the reasoning behind why they have turned you down for whatever reason, that they, for whatever the situation might be, you know, a date, band entrance, a job invite, you name it, you know. That's desire for honesty. But we later see in on Ueniyama's phone that he is actually potentially, quote-unquote, inadvertently looks up, you know, how to ask someone out on a date if they've rejected you already. <laughs> so I am wondering here about this idea of communication honesty. If that... Because we don't see the process which led him to find this particular article. Is Ueniyama wanting Mafuyu to be in the band because of the talent he brings? Or because of his desire for them, because of his attraction to him. Maybe both. They're not mutually exclusive, mind you. But, you know, we were saying before about the need to express yourself now, Mafuyu is struggling with that. I think Yuena Yama is doing so as well. I think that he, you know, Man. needs to also open up a little bit on that, perhaps, you know. Maybe, again, it was just a purely comedic coincidence that he ended up on that particular article, and he's just like, well, I'm shit out of luck. I'll just go with this one. I mean, yeah, sure, it's meant to be for, like, you know, for how to handle Tinder dates, but fuck it, I need this guy in my band, stat. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe I think that. we could blame... We could blame the Poyo algorithm <laughs> for fucking him over. <laughs> just, like, uh. he... I think he was uh, Poyoing how to, uh, you know, ask someone to join a band... And yeah, I don't know if that was the only thing or <laughs> or what. Or he was like, this is, seems translatable to my experience. Mm. <laughs> sure, well, I'll go with it. Well, to be fair to him, you know, like he was really nervous. So it's no surprise he turned chicken in the end. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. I apologize. But it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, That'll do. Very much. So like, yeah, I wrote down in my notes like, who would have thought, uh, based on like the early scenes in this show's first episode, that Uenoyama would be the one who is like doggy paddling for his life in uh, on the great sea known as communication? Because that one scene where they're you know uh, sitting by the vending machine and he's giving him an orange soda. And Mafia's like, I can't drink fizzy drinks. And Uenoyama's just like, oh no. I have no idea what to say. I have no idea what to do. I can't. I just can't. And Mafia steers them out of danger with just like, Daijobu. It's okay. And then mm-hmm. he takes the conversational like, man, he is steering them through the troubled water. I would never have thought that in a million years. <laughs> you go, Mafia. Well, to be fair, they are at a train station, which is, you know, emblematic of crossroads and like, you know, finding a new direction. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but you bring mm-hmm. up the fizzy drinks. Now, this is probably one of my painted ultra reaching go-go gadget arms moments here. But okay. uh, so you noted, of course, that Mafia is drinking orange soda or would be if he could. Uh, and in turn, Ueniyama is drinking a coffee. Would you would you believe me if I told you I think that Given is actually suggesting those are like those drinks are allegorical for the characters themselves. Like you've got Ueniyama who's hot blooded, very you know energetic, and then you've got Mafuyu who can't even get his feelings out. A mellow. <laughs> uh you know, did you were you in the Discord for the discussion of the like? Uh, anime girls as sodas and juices anime that really exists. Yes, I was. Unfortunately, <laughs> thank you for that, Navy Cherub David. Yeah, and do you, are you and saying do you know that what, they're do you doing this? Do you know what's worse? Now that's been brought up in our Patreon Discord. By the way, jo- you know, feel free to join if you want to talk about an- anime girls as sodas, like you know, Seven Up Chan. Fuck my life. Anyway, um, like 
I now have had like a Nostradamus like prediction of the end of my world as I know it, which will be me watching that piece of shit because someone will pay me to do it. And because I'm being paid to do it, I will, even though I will literally be having an IV drip of pure whiskey points my arm in order to get through such a fucking turgid experience. But yeah, if you want to make me suffer like that and you want to, you know, contribute to my rampant alcoholism, feel free to subscribe to our Patreon for just as little as $2 a month. And then you have the the IV drip full of whiskey becomes anthropomorphic and it's like, Ohio, Shadan Kun, I too am an anime girl. Bobun Chan. <laughs> no, it's it's obviously Jack Chaniels. God help me. I'm so screwed. Good night. (laughs) We've peaked, I feel now. We've totally peaked. (laughs) This is like a display name on Twitter that needs to occur. I'm sure it already does. I'm I'm really, really sure it already does. Anyway, Gosh, how do we get back on track? I, I will, I will um, call this back. I will bring this back by talking about something else. But <laughs> one final talking point from me. So, we also brought. I brought communication on the UAM as part. Um, mm-hmm. But here's the thing, right? I'm going to give a quick shout out to Gogo Atomic Robot, one of our patrons, for bringing up this point about how when uh, Uenuyama chases uh, Mafuyu down and like actually stops him from leaving, like he's very, very forceful, grabs him by the arm and grabs him mm-hmm. by the scruff of his shirt to say like, no, your song, like, you know, it lit a fire in me. It was incredible or something to that effect. Now, mm-hmm. it was noted by Gogo Sairo that that particular behavior was a bit, you know, wrong. And that's right. That is entirely correct. So, like, you know, Uenuyama shouldn't be resorting to literally physically, like, you know, shaking the poor kid in order to get his point across. You can just, you know, use your mouth and talk like a regular person would. Yeah. You know? Or how about, like, before he does that, like, you know, he's asking him, like, he's interrogating him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, who who is that guy? Tell me where the bomb is! Can you not tell me? And then, like, he immediately changes the conversation to, like, be about him. Oh, is this why you won't join the band? I was just wanted to. Th- I threw my hands up when I was watching. I'm like, can't can't you like, uh, like be there for him for just a second? Yeah, get, <laughs> yeah like not bring pri- up your own needs. priorities, please, where they are. Like you know, one thing at a time. Like yeah, I know that there's clearly some like you know history there between you and that guy. But dude, you got baritone. Back to my band. <laughs> you got tone, son. Mm, mm-hmm. Indeed, but here's the thing, right? Like I've said this before. Uenuyama doing that is not necessarily a bad thing narratively. Because Parmi wonders, like, you know, that Sato clearly doesn't have currently his own agency. He doesn't have his own direction. Such as the fact that he literally has to be told to go get a part-time job by the band members in the previous episode, which he now does. That's a good thing, insofar as him getting a job. But he needs to start having an idea of what he wants to do for himself. He can't continue to live in this kind of, like, aimless, wandering existence with the guitar, you know, which clearly he had no idea what to do with until he happened to bump into Uenuyama. And so Yara is now giving him a direction, but he's being very forceful about it. And I wonder if the show will lead further down the line to saying, look, right, it's time for Sato to have his own direction. If he ends up, like, for example, I can see as a plot point that, imagine this, right, for the closing scene. Here's another wild prediction, but there's a reason I'm going to bring this up rather than just simply for the sake of it. Imagine that Sato quits the band but the final episode is, uh, or the closing shot is of him in the audience watching Yara perform. They're still like, you know, close if not together at that point but he understands that his destiny lies elsewhere than being in the band because he doesn't want to do that necessarily anymore rather than being coerced into as he is now but that's the point maybe you know that the show is trying to explain that you know that he has no agency as own at the moment but having an agency given to him by someone else is not a solution really it can be like you know something that's a kickstarter like you know as a building block towards that Right. But the idealized endpoint is him having a direction of his own life that isn't burdened down by, you know, the weight of the past. I just want to know why you don't want us to have nice things. Why you have to speak into existence this potential ending of them not being together. Why can't why can't they be together? Because I feed off your, music. I feed off the tears <laughs> of your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I believe it. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, like, 
I I think that that's all correct. Like there there is uh, sometimes yet like you said in life like uh I don't want to say people need a kickstart but like it, it feels like that is the at times like the most expeditious way to kind of get someone on the right track emotionally um looking back right with hindsight um and oh shoot i had another point i was gonna make about this and it just completely left my brain no no i was given it and then it was taken away the Lord give it for now. Uh, maybe I'll think of it. In the- but um, well, to, to borrow from your analogy there, like you know, everyone starts learning to ride a bike by having training wheels on. But would you ever, you know, want someone to have the training wheels on for the rest of the time they spend riding a bike throughout the rest of their life? No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, and and I think like you know, people in relationships will attest to this. They're like, conflict is good. Um, but in reality, it doesn't always play out in the most healthy of ways. Mm. Like sometimes you say things the wrong way uh, or you raise your voice or something like that when you're, the emotions in the heat of the moment are really kind of uh, overwhelming you when you just, instead of like just communicating your feelings in the right way. Don't you mean just while, while validating the other person? Sorry, you misquoted the lyric there, Doc. You fucks it up. The Gundam Wing OP, just communication. I hate you. Stop talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no, like I think this is one of those. This <laughs> one of those between the two of these boys. Like this is um, clearly not a super healthy conflict. Um, I, I guess you know Uenoyama is uh, he's trying his best to be honest, and I think he should apologize i mean ideally you'd love him to apologize for for all of this um because it is not okay um but i think you can really see both boys are trying to meet each other halfway um which is really heartwarming to see Mm. um uh, there's like a lot of like can i just take this moment to you talked about uenayama being aggressive Mm mm-hmm I think this episode was incredibly funny. Yes. That particular moment you're referring to wasn't funny, but like I just want to put like this is the funniest episode of the series by a mile. And there were there was always some stuff in it that made me smile, but like just like <laughs> there's like a sort of a somber uh kind of warm quietish tone throughout a lot of the show and having Uenoyama as a counterpoint to that pervading tone like just sort of walk into a classroom where yeah. like everyone is peaceful and like you can see his veins popping out and he's like straining and he just screams and yells. like yeah. i love it when he just gets mad there are, and and yells yeah <laughs> even when he's trying to remain calm this it's is hilarious true. To there me. are there are two scenes i was really fond of in this episode for comedy one of which was when he's talking with his sister and he's like hey didn't you get dubbed again by that guy and he just gets devoured by a pillow turned <laughs> face hugger like short, sharp comedy, a like turn face yeah, it's true. Yep. It's like, Duh, no, get it off. <laughs> um, but the other, uh, which is my personal favorite, was again. I apologize, misremembering who actually said this to him. Uh, I think it might have been Akiko, but no, it wasn't because he's the drummer. It's the other one. Har- hate I'll- Haruki. Haruki, thank you. Is it Haruki? Haruki, thank you. Uh, Haruki says to you know Uenyama, like, so wait. I'm paraphrasing it about, but wait, didn't you just literally, did you not just get his contact details? And there's just stone dead silence. And I just really, I just really wish he'd follow up by saying, you dipshit. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, just. Oh, could it be you don't have Mafu's contact information? We have it. That's the thing. They have it. And he doesn't because Ureniyama, like, he's got a good heart and all that, but he's also, you know, as dense as concrete. Yeah, he really is. Um, What a pleb. A shout out all... Oh, man. Shout out also to the scene when uh, 
uh, the drummer Akihiko is like listening in <laughs> on their conversation, and you sort of you know he's there, but for a long time, of course, the camera is focusing on Mafuyu and Uenoyama talking, and then it cuts back to him smoking, basically going. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely surprised he didn't take a long drag on it to the point where it just went down to a stump because he was like, oh, I need to deal with this shit. <laughs> didn't see that coming. Oh, man. <laughs> that was cracked me up. There was not enough Yayoi in this episode. I mean, I know you can't, like, show every character all the time, but, like, <laughs> I mean, that scene you talked about, and then after the credits, when he comes in and just walks through the house, and she's just like, "You're too loud," <laughs> and he's just moving through the house. I was going to say, like, that's that seems to be an unusual complaint, given she knows her brother plays the guitar. <laughs> just him moving through the living room. <laughs> he's too loud. Oh, Jesus! It's off. It's, it's very authentic of that kind of relationship, though. It really is. It, um, it totally is. I have one final thing I'm going to bring up that you actually made me think of before when we were discussing that Twitter post by someone whose brain was, you know, either A, never given to them, or B, you know, sucked out of their head through a, a vacuum cleaner. That has to be, that has to be like a parody post, right? There's no way that's real. Like, someone really doing that. The inst- genuinely, the in- sincerely. The thing is, social media is a perpetual race to the bottom. I can guarantee someone said it, if not necessarily. <laughs> like, even if that person said it in jest, I know someone out there will have said it. I feel 99% yeah. confident. But here's the point, right? So, just as a refresher from who on who I am, apart from being bald, which is like, you know, the thing I put first and foremost on a dating profile I make. <laughs> uh, I'm a cisette dude. And from my perspective, if you need any reason to understand why, you know, people who are not, you know, LGBTQ+, might enjoy this kind of content, such as me, well, the answer is obvious. Romance is for everyone. Like, you as a as a cisette person can learn a lot about romance even if it's not about people who have the same orientation as you do it really is mm-hmm. that simple like there's no mad science here there's no you know deep equations to this shit it really is just simple as romance is for everyone and the reason why i enjoy shows like so much is because for once i don't feel like i'm being talked down to by fan service and stuff like that now that's not to say that you don't get fan yeah. service in shows like this. Indeed, that's part of it. Like you know, when you get scenes like when Yama and Sasso very close to each other and it's focusing on them. I was like, that's that is not necessarily sexualized fan service, but it's certainly fan service of the one stripe or another. So, just as a pointer again, it's for everyone. If you can't get on board with that, don't get in the, involved in the conversation about it. Just a pointer. Uh, I think everybody can. <laughs> We'll, we'll echo that and say three three cheers to that one. Here, here. Hell yeah. Uh, I, that's probably, you know, you mentioning uh, that sort of the kind of fan service that is not targeted at like straight uh, dudes like us. Uh, I, would you think that is partly why he ended up, whether on purpose or accidentally, on the sort of dating uh, website rather than a website about bands because it's like oh like you know here we go this is a uh this rejection about be you know for joining the band is sort of a, a stand-in for being rejected in a, in a more personal kind of relationship proposal um which is not to say it's bad and it's not like um it doesn't really even feel like queer baiting like because you you feel like that these two are that they do like each other in that way and they're going to be together. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the, and that stuff, even though it's not like, um, I'm not like the demographic targeted, like I really enjoy it. Mm. Uh, that kind of fan service. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the key for me is that there's a sense of earnestness to it. It yeah. doesn't belittle its audience by doing so, by framing in such a way. Um, I mean, after all, like you know, after, I've said before, a lot of fan service tends to be against the very subject matter it portrays. Where, for example, you know, you'll have a character, a female character, usually who's presented as incredibly important. You should really paying attention to what they're saying. But don't worry, the camera's going to distract you from that by having an angle downwards on the cleavage. Or alternatively, you know, you're going to have a rising camera shot from legs upwards, which, as I now decide to try and coin, and hopefully will end up on TV tropes someday. It's the act of talking out of the vagina, as I've said before. <laughs> right. So unfortunate. Yeah. If it was the other way around, it makes sense because then you could argue they're talking out of their ass. But up, but up, but up. 
Just, yeah, right. Yeah, but you get my point. Like, um, there mm-hmm. isn't a Sarah's I've seen yet a necessarily equivalent in this kind of uh, boil of um, show, or even like, you know, Yowie, Yuri, whatever you want to call it. That, again, that does not mean it doesn't exist. I've just not seen it or noticed it yet. But I'm glad that if if that's generally the case, where that isn't really a thing, where it, you know, infantilizes and treats the audience in that way, where it can have its cake and eat it by both having the fanservice but also being by ge- very genuine. Well, no fucking wonder I prefer this shit over stuff that's actually directly aimed at me. Because, like I say, <laughs> nothing incenses me more than being talked down to, and that's what happens when you watch shit like, oh, here's important female character. But you know what? There's only two things you need to pay attention to in this scene. <laughs> hey. <laughs> anyway, Given is awesome. It's great. Given is awesome. There are a few, there are some shows that can that do counter that they do balance the two. But I guess they still remain problematic. Uh, oh well, I'm sure. I'm know. sure there are that's... some, and there's even probably some that I have seen, but they're just knowing me at the spring. It's mine. The moment that's just more of a broad. It's neither here nor there. It's just a broad, like you know, talk here that I'm having, rather than singling out necessarily every single thing. Mm-hmm. And if you at home have yeah. examples that you want to throw my way, uh, feel free. Do so. Yeah, send send them my way. I'll have a look at them. Uh, please don't send me the one about the soda cans, though, because I know for a fact that some of our patrons are probably going to request me to do that. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess the last big thing that I'll bring up is, um, I guess the idea of uh, communication through uh, art and the way artists communicate kind of uniquely. Uh, I'm not really an artist myself, so I am kind of going on hearsay. I am going on like first-hand accounts of what I've experienced. Uh, well, I guess second-hand. Like, I, I've talked to artists about this sort of thing and read about it. And I guess... And, and if I'm if I'm talking out of turn or not, like, fully doing the concept justice, uh, patrons, or, or when this comes out on the free, let me know. Um, but, like... Slide into his DMs real gently. Please do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, where to begin with this? Like, uh, Mafuyu feels like he can't express himself. And he feels that, like, being a singer would be a problem for him because art is all about self-expression. And if he's kind of up there in front of everyone trying to do something he's not good at doing then well he's fucked (laughs) and uh and that's bad but we can see through the way that um ueno yama experiences his singing that there is uh, kind of in addition to the direct way that artists commu- can communicate by like saying you know here are some lyrics the lyrics say that this is good and that is bad mm-hmm. like there's also a more indirect way because like you have just Mafuyu singing la 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 but like the way that he's doing it he doesn't really have to say anything to form words to express himself it is the music that is is carrying that and bringing it to everyone else that's hearing it like so it's weird like in a way of course when you are singing everyone is looking at you but it's almost like at times i think that they're also not looking at you for you it's you as sort of conveyor of this song and the the song you you don't have to be i don't think good at talking uh to be a good artist like there's so much that you can kind of emotionally pack into visual audio art like any kind of art uh without i think even fully wrapping your arms around 
what you've communicated. This is why death of the author is so important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is why Mafuyu is going to be okay ultimately because he will be expressing himself, but just maybe in this really different kind of way than he has before or that he has tried to or that like you know social situations might ask of him there are plenty of artists that are antisocial just because the idea of just a normal talk that really direct uh communication uh is scary and foreign and weird but they can get their feelings across to you through their art both directly and indirectly and i think so yeah, Sato Mafuyu will be will be okay, and he will he will be good. Yeah, and people will understand him more. Um, and I think this is going to be really good to see. Uh, it could be hard to see, and I think you know you talked about like uh, where the plot could go. You know, we could have some really uh, like emotional stuff mm. where um, Uenoyama like wants him in the band, wants Sato in the band because he's good in terms of like just pure talent, but he's sort of not really looking at him as a person anymore, mm-hmm. not really like kind of understanding why the band is good for him, Sato, uh, and what he's getting out of it. And that could be like a future source for conflict. Um, I hope not. And, and it's the, the post credits scene gives me hope for that. Uh, because after his, you know, buddy Mafuyu joins the band, Uenoyama runs home and does that thing he hasn't done in forever. It seems like, He's excited starts, to do uh, it. He's rushing. Playing guitar again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> um, if I may follow up on what you just said there, um, I may have already discussed this, but again, since we're in the spirit of just rehashing, just to be on the safe side in case people didn't catch it, um, there are quite a lot of works out there that authors have put out that are not necessarily strictly about telling a story so much as is their process of dealing with events in their own lives. Uh, Philip K. Dick's Ubik being one of them. Uh, the other being, of course, something we covered, which was Angel's Egg, which makes much more sense to me uh, as a work that was designed to help someone, rather, um, Mamoroshi, process his own life experiences. And it was a way of him, you know, mm-hmm. getting out there uh, in that in that method in the same way as Ubik was. Maybe Mafuyu needs that to happen to him as well. Maybe his you know, art should not necessarily be for the sake of just performance and putting in, you know, something that's entertaining for the sake, you know, for the sake of others, but rather for a way to express the the feelings he's been through as a way of helping him heal. That's right on the money. I'm totally with you. Mm. I think, I think I'm, if I had to put money down, if where's, where's the anime bet website (laughs) where you could like place bets on where the plot will go. I guess this one would be off the table since it's a manga adaptation, but yeah, I, I would, yeah, that's where I'd, I'd put my bet on what you just said happening. Indeed. Uh, do we have anything else we want to cover about episode three? <sighs> I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm good. So. I'm good. I, I've covered everything I want to, but yeah, um, again, this episode, like, as you said, very funny, very heartwarming. We finally do get some unraveling, you know, we're poking away a little bit of the puzzle that is uh, Sasso's history. Um, Mm-hmm. We can see some ways in which, you know, this can progress. Um, we can also see potential laid down future cards, which you said you didn't want to see. And I understand that in the sense, like, you know, that if you just want a very, like, you know, comfortable show, I suppose, like a blanket, uh, that's fine. I'm not to be, I'm not to be in demeaning or derogatory towards that. But I do think as well that, you know, just because conflict happens doesn't mean something can't, good can't come out of it, you know? True. Um, if they, if you know Uenoyama and Mafuyu, if their relationship goes in the wrong direction, sometimes hitting the reset button through, you know, an argument or whatever, can be for the better, rather than simply avoiding it and you know being locked in a relationship that is not healthy for either of them. So mm-hmm. that being said, of course, and also from a storytelling perspective, it just means that there's a lot to look forward to. Um, and again, great use of direction editing. Uh, to help sell points in comedy without being overly flamboyant or like you know overly extroverted in the way the law shows can be which can work for those shows 
But I think, you know, the mellow tone that this show presents in its execution is actually to its definite benefit. Um, it's a slow burner, but it's one that I'm certainly enjoying a lot as we progress along. Absolutely. I think if for whatever reason you're listening to this and you haven't watched Given, go watch it. I mean, it, what are you doing? I mean, it's a given that it's good. Ah, uh, can't stop myself. I'm just too good at this shit. Ah. Uh, anyway, anyway, I suppose we'll wrap up then. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add, Doc? I do not, but uh, I want to say thank you to all our lovely patrons. Indeed, that thank you for making this possible. Um, you guys are incredible. Uh, your generosity is uh, just this wonderful thing that I'm still wrapping my head around. I'm, I'm, immensely, I'm immensely humbled by it. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. So, uh, and if you're out there uh, listening to this uh, on delay on a free um, and you want to uh, help support us, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash watery and uh, that we've got three budget friendly tiers. Uh, this episode will be in the $5 tier. Uh, you get a whole bunch of great stuff. Uh, check it out. And uh, if not, and you just want to keep listening to these on delay, also fine. We appreciate your listenership uh, very, very much. Indeed. So I think uh, it then falls to me to sign us off. So uh, Shadon, thank you very much. It has been a pleasure as always. As always, my friend. Thank you. And uh, everyone out there, Much love, and remember, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night.